Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is... Solodric Cooper. Solodric? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I, I, I looked up some names and not like, like, and I would try to find like the, the big common like root, root of all of them. I was looking up vampire names because of the movie we're watching today. Oh God. So a lot of the endings I noticed was like, it ended with a R I C K. So that's what I went with. Okay. I don't even have the energy to make fun of it because it's so lame. That's cool. I thought it was interesting. I actually put work and effort. And yeah, work. A lot of work and effort. I looked it up. You sound kind of congested. Do you have a cold? No, I do not have a cold. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, joining me today, as always, is Solomon Cooper. And mm. today we're going back in time. Ooh. We're going back to an era when people weren't watching lots and lots of superhero movies every single year. And um, we're going to go to the very tail end of John Carpenter's career, uh, or at least his directing career. And we're going to be discussing, I believe, the 1998 movie, Vampires. Yes, John Carpenter's Vampires. Now, a lot of people haven't seen this movie. Um, it did terribly at the box office, didn't do particularly well at the critics. It came out, if I'm not mistaken, after Blade, and of the two movies, Blade is definitely more modern, a little slicker, has some neat CGI's in it. Yep. Um, this movie's definitely more of a throwback, but I've always had a soft spot in my in my heart for this movie, and, and um, that? I picked it up on a whim, didn't think it was going to be very good. Um, when I was a teenager and was astonished at how much fun it was. It's gory. Um, it has some, let's say, less than dressed ladies in it. Okay. And at that time, all of these things went into the plus category for me. Um, I also really liked the way that these vampire hunters... Uh, use all these different tools and they have all these rules and these like techniques. So the world felt very established. Yes. And um, the reason I chose to revisit this uh, recently is because, and I think I might've told you this Solomon, but so vampires is based on a novel by John Stakely. And a friend of mine had recently lent me um, a copy of, John Stakely's most famous book, which isn't still isn't that famous of a book, um, called Armor, which I just adored. I loved the book. I read it in like two, three sessions. And after that, I really was like, what else did this guy write? And then I found out he only wrote one other book. It did get adapted to a movie, and then he died. 
Oh, that's brutal. You can't find even an interview with him. Really? Yeah, like he just kind of disappeared. That's crazy. Like, did uh, he literally die or? Yeah, he literally died of cancer. Oh, that sucks. But if you look at it, he died. Um, and yes, before he had to publish anything else, but he didn't like instantly die. It wasn't like he published these two novels, was getting famous and died. I think he died in like 2010 or something. So he already had kind of disappeared yeah. from the scene. Okay. Um, and even though you thought it was stupid, and I'm not going to disagree with you necessarily, um, but the reason that Vampires has such a generic title is because on the in the book, the book title is Vampires, but the S is a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. So um, it makes a little bit more sense. You know what I mean? So even though that might be stupid, at least it's not so generic that you yeah. couldn't even understand why it's called that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I read Armor, saw that he had written Vampires, and then it reminded me of, the, I was like, oh, I, I always liked that movie. And then um, we needed to watch a movie to discuss the podcast. It's and also John Carpenter. It's John Carpenter, yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're a fan of his. And we had watched um, The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, and I was thinking maybe we could discuss that. But once we were watching The Mummy, I realized there's just not a lot there there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, not really worth it. So anyway, that's how we ended up watching this movie. I, that's what you guys wanted, right? As a five-minute explanation of how we chose this movie? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fun. That gives them a, a glimpse into our lives. So um, for this is one of those, like, normally when we talk about old movies, I don't want us to do it in the exact same structure because most is that same. Is that same. That's what I just now said. The exact same structure. I just love your consonants. <clears throat> the exact same structure mm. as uh, we do with newer movies where we go through the plot and whatever, because usually people have seen these movies. You know what I mean? We don't need to do, we don't need to tell people what Jaws is all about. Well, but this movie, do about this movie, a lot of people I bet haven't seen the movie. Yep. And I would like this podcast to make them want to go see the movie. Okay. Um. So why don't you give us um, one of those one of those plot synopsis that you're so so good at. While you're doing that, I'm gonna take some drinks of water, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna kick back and, and enjoy your description of this movie. The plot of this movie isn't that much. Mm-hmm. So this should only be like a sentence or two. Mm-hmm. Like all plot synopsis are. Yeah, but this one will be way easier. Um, I think. So here we go. 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 Can't have dead air. Can't have dead air. Can't have dead air. Uh, Come on, bro. I'm trying to think of what I say. Um, there is a group of vampire hunters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they are hunting the master vampire. Okay. Kind of. But, but then... There's a bunch of master vampires. You said the master vampire. The master of all vampires. Okay. The creator. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's it. That's all it is. There's a group of bounty hunters who's trying to, who's trying to kill uh, vampires. Master vampire. Okay, stop saying the ma- that, that part. That ends up becoming a part of the plot, but I would definitely say the plot synopsis is it's about a group of, of mercenaries or bounty hunters who hunt down vampires. Yes. For money. Yes. 
That's why the dollar they, signs on the right. But they kind of don't. They kind of omit that. Yeah. From the movie, mm-hmm. do you notice that? Yeah, they only mentioned it like once. Did they even mention it once? I don't remember the yeah, mission. They, they did. They mentioned like how much the money they're getting paid. Yeah, they said. Remember that that cardinal is like, if you do this, you're not going to get funded anymore. Yeah, that and that's the other thing. They they hunt um, down vampire nests for the Vatican. For the Vatican, yeah. Yep, it's very cool. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the premise of the movie. Now, the movie deviates deeply from the book, which I I want to be clear, I haven't read yet. Um. I will remedy that, but mm. um, apparently the only the beginning of the book and the, the characters' names are the same. So the opening scene when they clear out um, the vampire nest, yeah, and then when they go to celebrate because remember they put all those skulls on the thing that yeah. like basically them counting dollars. Mm-hmm. So then they go have that debaucherous celebration and then they get attacked. That's where it. That's the end. It's the end of the connections. Really. I mean, other than the fact that they keep hunting vampires. That's crazy. But, yeah. Um, so, James Woods um, plays the main character, the protagonist of this movie. Jack Crow. Jack Crow. Yep, who's also the name of the protagonist in Armor. Which was probably very weird. It wasn't that weird. It was, it was actually kind of cool. Um, because James Woods' character... In vampires is very similar to how I imagined Jack Crow would be in armor. The, in armor, <laughs> just he's a vampire hunter, not a sci-fi pirate. Okay, um, but yeah, he's kind of an he's kind of an asshole. Very unique choice for this role. He's 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 not young at this time. You know what I mean? He's obviously like in his forties or early fifties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has this like haggardy kind of look to him. Mm-hmm. That I just think really works, and the way, and even though I don't think the movie was, I think the movie is actively trying to make him cool, and he is, but he's kind of cool in this way of somebody who used to be cool, but now still dresses that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> Does that make sense? Like he's wearing like these leather jackets, and they're they're like kind of too try hardy. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying too hard to be a badass. Yeah, but he still is one. But he is one exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it looks like that he is trying too hard, but he still is what he was. Yeah, it's hard to hard to explain. Like I said, it's like he's still wearing the same clothes that he did whenever he was like twenty years old, but he's like forty now. So there's something about I can't. It's hard to explain. Yeah, but he's okay. All right, I, um, think I vaguely understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, and then um, uh, Daniel Baldwin, um, who you know for for most people. He would just be, you know, the, what is it, the great value Baldwin brother? Sure. Um, he plays his best friend slash sidekick or whatever you want to say. Yep. Sounds about right to me. And he's also, like, shockingly good in this movie. Very good. Very, very good. I loved his performance. Yeah, in this it's movie. really fun. In this film. Um. I know what your favorite part of the, his performance was when he's trying Bro, to pretend like he's sleepy. That was the weirdest <laughs> thing I think I've ever seen in film in my whole life. This this guy literally was like he like fell asleep on a chair or something, and he got up and his lip was like, what is it like? What is that called? And his lip is just hanging out like this. It, it, he was doing like a like a cartoon frown. He was, but it, I don't know why he was frowning. 
Yeah, I mean, this is something. His I, lip was like out and like down. You're like, you know, when you're making the face. Yeah, it was like pooched out. Yeah, when you're like, you know, when they're making the face with like your tongue up and your lip down that make it looks like you have big lips. Just take away the tongue part, and that's what he was doing. I, I would just say that he was doing it the most horrendously exaggerated frown you could imagine. Yeah, it was pretty pretty horrendous. It was just so funny though, and it and he just he just held the face yes. for like two minutes. It's one of those times when I think I said this when we were watching it, like this was this is not even his fault. This is the director's fault. The director, John Carpenter, should have been like, hey, bro, let's do that again. And this time, don't look like one of the seven dwarves. Because <laughs> he did. He he held that face for a really long time. And there's yeah. no way he doesn't know what his face looks like. He can't see himself. You know, so I'm sure for in his mind, he's like, oh, I'm making a sleepy face. And the director should have been like, cut. Nope. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Yeah, that but, was unfortunate. But other than that, I thought... Um, I thought he was fantastic. Like, I thought he was genuinely fantastic. And he was cool. Now, he was like, he was cool and not in the weirdish kind of way that James Wood was cool. You know what I mean? He seemed a bit weird, though. I, I just felt a bit, a bit, I don't know. I felt uncomfortable. He just felt a bit odd. He felt, what are you, what? Him as a character. I just, just need to understand. I'm not saying I disagree. He just felt bizarre. You know, like his character, he was like, he seemed abusive. Yeah. And well, that's what I'm saying. Like he was okay. He, he, he always had like this dangerous edge to him. You know what I mean? Mm. He, he seemed a little bit too slick and slimy, but yeah, but also he seemed like he seemed like he could do anything. You didn't know what he was going to do. Is he going to murder a woman? Is he going to take advantage of her while she's asleep? Or is he going to be a nice guy? Oh, who knows? What a cool character. <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up being a nice guy. I'm just saying, he had he had this dangerous edge to him. Yeah. And he was funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was kind of used as like comic relief. Um and yeah, the movie has some very I mean, honestly, I would say it's even pre nineties kind of misogyny to it. Um, you know, he gets to sexually harass this woman and beat her up and end up with her at the end. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. in love with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a there's a whole layer of misogyny going on definitely and that's where you can really tell that even though this movie was made in the late 90s i mean very close to the 2000 that it's still very based on a book that was written probably in the 80s sure you know um in fact armor has a scene in it um where the main character jack crow um punches a woman in the face because I don't know, she just annoys him or something. Like uh, it's not even like uh, she's a threat or anything. She's he, he like goes to his quarters and he punches her in the face because she says something to him that he doesn't like, and her, and the booker like her nose is bleeding or whatever. And then they proceed to like make sweet love and be dating the rest of the. That book. is so weird. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, there is there is definitely um, some misogyny there. The movie is also kind of leering when it comes to women. Um, there's a scene where I can't remember the actress's name, but she's from Halloween. I'm completely blanking on it. Um, um I have no idea. Uh, we we also probably so the the we did give you the plot synopsis, but like kind of uh, oh crap, we're out of time. We need to take a break. Uh, 
We've been talking for too long. Yep, we've been talking for too long, having too much fun. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And, and now, now, a word, word from, from our, our sponsors. sponsors. Welcome back to the Kids Season, the podcast, and our discussion of vampires. I think you really need to say John Carpenter's vampires every every time. No. If you don't say John Carpenter's vampires, it sounds like we're just discussing vampires in general. Mm-mm. What a great argument I looked up vampires and it came up Uh, Also I was Completely wrong I said that um, Whoa whoa let me do No I want to say how I got mistaken Nope nope nope. so my dad's a dummy (laughs) And he Thought that Cheryl Lee Was in Halloween and here's the thing My dad was like oh she's in Halloween And I was like that doesn't sound Right because um I've seen Halloween, and I love Halloween, and everyone knows I love Halloween. And do you know who's not in it? Cheryl Lee. Cheryl it, Lee. It wouldn't even make any. Halloween. It wouldn't even make any sense for her to be in Halloween. Halloween came out in like the seventies, so she would be like already way older than this. Yeah. Um, but she was um the main character or the main. Uh, I don't know. I I guess you could say the main character. She's not the actual main character of Twin Peaks. Um, she played Laura Palmer in that. Mm. So. I don't know how I got those two things conflated. Maybe you just were thinking about John Carpenter. Yep. Yep. And Twin Peaks is David Lynch, and he's also really famous. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway. It's tough. It's uh, tough to be wrong. What I was going to say is. so All th- the time. This movie, um, uh, you know, it's, it starts with them raiding a house, or raiding a vampire nest. Then they go into... Um, have this huge debaucherous party, you know what I mean? Where they're mm-hmm. celebrating all the money they're going to make. Yes, sir. Um, and, um, they had some ladies of the night there. Ladies of the night. Yes. I don't, I think that's the politically correct word. I don't, <laughs> that's like three words. Um, what is Four the, words. Well, there is a politically correct word for it now. What is it? Sex workers. Is it sex? Is that it? Sex, yes. sex workers. Yes. Yes. Well, that's what they hired a bunch of. Ooh. Um, and they're getting down and dirty with lots of hooch and drugists and un- ladies. Um, and this big wild old party when it is rudely interrupted, interrupted by this weird, tall, pale man with long fingernails. Yes, and he is, uh, we find out later in the movie, um, like the first vampire ever. Yep. Um, and it turns out that the first vampire ever was created on accident by the Catholic Church um, when they essentially did a, a reverse exorcism, they yeah. said. Mm-hmm. So they killed the body but made the demon or whatever inside um alive stronger stuck, yeah I, I don't know whatever they call it a reverse exorcism i don't know if it actually makes sense but I, get that. I mean it makes sense to me but yeah so the whole premise is that for some reason this vampire this has been sent to hunt down jack crow and his team but in and at the same time he is um He's trying to find some artifact that will make it to where he can walk in daylight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, I think it's actually very similar to, if I'm not mistaken, the premise of Blade, or at least one of the Blade movies. Every other act, every vampire movie has some version of a story where the vampire, his big thing he's trying to get is to be able to walk around the 
Sunny sure. shine. Yeah. The sunny shine. I'm not going to lie. I That would be the least of my concerns as a vampire. I wouldn't care about that at all. Yeah, that's, a, that's boring. I don't even, I don't like to be around in the sunshine now. Well, yeah, me neither. If I could only be awake at nighttime, I would be perfectly happy. Yeah, and also, you also have an option to die whenever you would need to. <laughs> By walking into the sun? Yeah, because think about it, you're, if you live forever, obviously that everyone knows that that's like the greatest curse. Yeah. So, you can just walk into the sun and then you're fine. You don't want to stab yourself with a stake. That would suck. But I, I don't want to do anything to myself. I want to be alive forever. Forever? I'd be fine with it. You're crazy. I'm not. You're insane. Uh-uh. The thought of being alive for even 30 more years is scary, but forever? I'd do it, man. No, you wouldn't. I don't, I, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people who would be like, oh, but everybody you'd love would go up and not. Yeah, get new people to love. I'll just lo- keep loving new people. No, you won't, because you'll be, only be meeting people in the night. You can't meet people every day. Yeah, I'll meet them at night. I guess you could find a, a vampire lover. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is that either way, you still have to suffer the problems of life. I don't really care about everyone dying around me. Yeah, but you just get used to it. I just care about... I'm already used to the problems of life. But I just care about having to live for so long. That's what. That's what. That's why, like, Tuck Everlasting is all about, no, like, how hard it is to be immortal. Yeah, yeah. But also, they also talk about the people who leave them out of fear, the people who died. It's just... You just get used to it. You get used to it in like 20 years, let alone 300 years. Yeah, but just like my brain would not be able to handle it. Oh, God. I think it'd be amazing. <laughs> you think it'd be amazing to live forever in the night? Yes. Mm-hmm. Forever. Forever, yes. You're, you're absolutely insane. No one agrees with you. I'm sure they don't. I'm not saying that everybody should do it. But I'm just saying that's why I'm going to become a vampire in the end. I mean, I would love to become a vampire because then I I have an excuse to not go outside and I get to do whatever I want because I can live forever and I don't need other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can just eat. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need money because I'll just eat people. <laughs> I don't need money because I can just eat people. You could do that right now. Well, yeah, but I don't need, that's, that's illegal, but I'm a, I'm a vampire. It's illegal when you're a vampire. Yeah, but I'm a vampire, but I'm super strong and I can do whatever I want. Or I could just. You, but what you really have is you have immortality on your side, so you could just become rich. How? Stocks? Eventually? Yeah, and, and knowledge. That's fair. Anyway, not, let's, let's talk about being a vampire. Let's talk about the movie Vampires. Mm. So one of the things I was saying at the beginning is that I really liked that this movie has um, the world already feels very established. I think part of that is that um, John Carpenter really shoots this movie like it's a Western. Yeah, and the music is also pretty Western. Yeah, and it, it's yeah, it's John Carpenter also does the score for this movie. It, it's a really underrated score, I think. It, it has these kind of weird... Hum, rom- hum it. Hum it to me. I, I can't hum it to you. Exactly. That's what you always say. You're like, I couldn't hum a single song of his. So what? hum me one, hum me one. Not John Carpenter, but whenever I'm talking about like, oh, there's a, I really, I actually like that score. And you're like, um, can you hum one? And then <laughs> I'm like, when do I do this? And then I'm like, uh, no. I've never heard of me myself you doing do it this. all the time. It's really annoying. I, I have made fun of Marvel scores for being pretty generic in the sense that you can't hum any of them, but that's because those are motifs for superheroes and you should be able to sing a motif for a superhero. You can hum the Avengers theme. Hum it. 
You can, is what I said. I can't either. Why not? Why can't you? I did it the other day. Okay, so you can't do it. But you've seen me do it. Anyway, this is a very underrated John Carpenter score, I think. Yeah. It has this, um, it's still kind of an electronic synth synth score that he's known for, but this one has like a, a lot of like almost romantic overtones, but in the romantic way that you would think of like the Wild West. Sure. Um, there were some scenes where I did not understand what the score was doing. <laughs> it was like, it was playing like almost like music, bedroom music, while people are just like throwing Molotov cocktails at vampires. Yeah, that never happened. But it was unique. It was um, it was a, yeah. a choice. Yeah, it was a choice exactly. Um, but the other thing is that the the vampire hunters very clearly had like all these rules and all these things. So I wanted to ask you about that. What did you think? You know, like you've grown up watching a bazillion super special effects heavy movies with all kinds of cool gadgets and gizmos. What did you think about the like the weapons and the techniques that they used to like take these vampires down? I think a lot of them were uh, really cool, really interesting, really new, really fun. <laughs> um, uh, the main thing that they do is they have a crossbow and the air or the bolt is attached to a string on a car. A string on a car. <laughs> you mean a winch? Yeah. A string on a car. Yeah. It's a big metal cable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, and they only hunt during the day. Mm-hmm. It's like rule number three. Yeah. Or I thought it was rule number five. I don't know. Or ten. I don't remember. It was either five or ten. It was one of the two. <clears throat> and um, basically, it would shoot... It, and then the the winch would pull it back. I feel like you kind of got scattered there. So you shoot the vampire with a crossbow. Yes. Bolt. Okay. Yes. And then the bolt is attached to a winch, and it pulls them outside into the daylight, and then they go like, rah, both. <laughs> they burst into flames. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I actually really like the flame effect in this. Well, And they also had like these uh, weird spear prods that had flashlights they, on them they did have spears and i didn't understand why i well we we i didn't understand why either until the very end when he's like using it to push the vampire outside you mm, know what i mean yeah um i the, thought i thought the spears were like made of silver but i forgot that that's for werewolves so yeah it honestly they so they i think the movie's is very classic vampire you know what i mean mm-hmm. they they do a little bit of a spin on it where they say like crosses don't affect them, garlic doesn't matter to them. Um, but you can only kill them with wooden stakes. But I kept being like, I mean, I get that maybe it won't be a stake anymore if it's not just like a classic looking wooden stake. But I kept being like, why don't they have the wooden stakes on the end of those spears? Yeah, I agree with that. It's a good point. But I think, pardon me, I think that the re- point of the spears was just to. Kind of manhandled them. Why did, Why can't they just make a really big stake then that they hold and push things? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, would that be called a stake now? It's just long. I agree with you. A long stake. I agree. Um, It was kind of silly. But at least they were trying. You know what I mean? Like, they were trying to make cool stuff, and it looks a little bit It looks fun. Silly, but it's, yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, even though I do still think it's silly that they have flashlights on their spears. Yeah, it did. It did look very silly. <laughs> Um, what did you think about um, James Woods though in this movie? He's he's a uh, he's a very far alt right guy now, so he doesn't do a lot of acting anymore except for like Christian movies. I'm just saying, like, so you ha- probably haven't seen him in anything long time, and he used to be a great character actor. Um, 
But what did you think about his character in this movie and some of his like one-liners and stuff? I thought that he was good. Let's see, end of my end of my your turn. I'm just kidding. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was he was good. Um, I I liked the stuff that he was doing, and I mean we already talked about him about how he looks off cool but really cool. Yeah, he's weird. Um. And I think, for the most part, I think uh, Jack Crow is, uh, is he's funny. He's a funny guy. And uh, I, can't, I can only he's think like, of... He's very over-the-top to me. Well, yeah, well, what were like some of the one-liners that he said? Because I can only think of one of them, and I can't even repeat it out loud because it was so would be so offensive in 2023. But, um, like, he, he had all these weird one-liners. He's always asking people if they were getting boners. Yeah, he was saying wood. You're getting a bit of wood? Mahogany? Yeah, he was. He was. In, in, that was very odd. He, that was like a. That was like. That was like the recurring joke of the movie, which is really funny. Is him always asking people if they're getting boners? <laughs> <laughs> but he would just say he had all these like little one like one liners that he would say. I can't remember, think of any. Of them. I don't know. It's embarrassing. Not a single one liner. I just remember the wood mahogany thing. That's funny. Well, he would always say he was going to kill somebody in some way, or he's going to stick his boot in their ass, or he was going to do something. But I can't think of any of them. Um, and. Uh, what do you think about the, about the, um, oh my God, what's the lady, Cheryl Lee? Cheryl Lee. Yeah. Um, how, how did you find her? Under, um, how did you, fi- how did you find how, her? How did you find her? I really, I just, I really liked her. I think she was, she was, she was fun, fun character <laughs> who was in the movie. She doesn't even have a personality. <laughs> She's just naked. <laughs> I think she had a really great personality. Uh, she and has like no character because she's just like basically half asleep the whole movie long. Yeah, but but yeah. she is at the beginning. She had a personality. Yeah, but but yeah, she's mostly just like used as the Bait. map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she has a psychic link to this master vampire, mm-hmm. who I really, even though it's kind of goofy, I really appreciated that they made him dressed like a very classic vampire of course he's the first one like he looked kind of ridiculous but it makes sense he was made in like the 1300s yeah there is a really really leering shot of um of her when she's tied to the bed um that is kind of gross in the sense of it's just there for you to be oogling her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. body but tell us about it tell us about this shot because so she's tied on the bed. She's tied to this she's bed. She's tied on the bed. She's tied on the bed, and she is butt ass naked, <laughs> bro. <laughs> no bad words. Sorry, asses in the Bible. Okay. Um, but she's like, yeah, she's naked, and the camera literally just slowly pans up her nude body for no reason. Is she nude? Because then the guy comes in, and he, Daniel Baldwin. Um, he plays. His name is something like very mafia sounding. It's like Tony Montoya. Montoya is correct, but his la- his first name is. Um, we only Anthony have Anthony Montoya. Yeah, so Tony. Um, but then he like comes over. He acts really weird. You're like, oh, what is he about to do? Something creepy. And then he covers her up. But he's been gone to get hamburgers. So like, why didn't you cover her up before? Like, it's the shot just exists 
for pure reasons. Anyway, hey, we're out of time. Honestly, I could have talked about this movie for another 30 minutes. I really, really? You're having, you're having a good time. I good, re- good time. So anyway, I still really, really enjoyed this movie. I, I think it's worth checking out. Has some fun. All those effects are practical. Some of them are dated. It's still an older movie. I'm not saying it's his best. Um, but what did you think? Just quick, quick final thoughts. I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, it wasn't like the best movie ever created. But I would recommend watching it if you haven't seen it already. If you like John Carpenter, then... Was, do you think it would be a movie that uh, one day you might show your friends? No. Ever? No. Like you, like when you're like in college and they, like they ha- you see it on like their dad's yes, bookshelf? If, if, there's, if there's a movie where it's like, if there's a specific time where I need to show them a random movie that I've watched that was about vampires, then yes, I'd probably pull it out. If I saw it somewhere, then yes, I'd probably watch it again. So they'd be like, oh, I've seen this movie before. Come take a peek at it. I thought it was fun. I think but it's I also think really... I, sh- I don't think I'll show this to anyone. Why? Just because I don't need to. It's well-paced. It's fun. It's a fun it's, old it's movie. It's a fun movie. I'm not saying the movie's, the movie's not fun, but I don't feel the need to show it to other people. I have one movie that I'll show to other people, and that's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Oh that's my God. favorite movie. Was, okay. Well, that's our show. Um, sorry we had to end on that really annoying note annoying? where the only movie that Solomon will show to people is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Well, if, I'm, if, I, if I'm in a position... I ended the podcast. The podcast is over. Then I'm only podcast bring over. one movie. I don't well, need to see bring you later. more movies. Talk to you later. Why don't I bring that movie of That's our movies? show. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media podcast. 